Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Good morning, good morning. This is Colleen Edwards-Chesley, and we are here with powerful women of the Gulf Coast with our Women in Leadership show. I have a wonderful guest in the studio with me today, Megan McCarthy. I will introduce her in just a second, but I am thrilled about the conversation that we're going to have today. She is always full of great information. We can talk and talk and talk, seems like for days, about this subject. So it's going to be some great information today. Before we get to that, I just want to remind the audience about Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast. We are an organic organization born right here in Pensacola, Florida. We are a not-for-profit, and our mission is to promote, advance, and improve women in business. We've started a number of years ago. We started back in 2004, and we started with monthly networking meetings just for women to come together and share information, build relationships, and help encourage each other's growth. That has grown. We now have 50 women that come to our monthly meetings in Pensacola. We also do a monthly meeting in Gulf Breeze, which uh, we get a great deal of benefit out of both of those meetings. A lot of women share information and build those valuable connections. The other thing that we added was an annual conference. And we do have our conference coming up. It is our conference season right now. So we are in heavy planning mode and getting ready for the conference. That will be on October 21st this year, right here in Pensacola at Sanders Beach. If you are a woman in business, if you are a professional woman, or if you're an entrepreneur, we would love for you to check out what we're doing this year for the conference. You can look at our website. It's www.powerfulwomengulfcoast.com and get a lot more information. I'll end the show today with the announcement as far as our, our guest speakers at the conference, and we'll talk some more information about that. The other thing that we added on, and this has just been a year ago that we started this, is our Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast magazine. And we have, in my hands, I've got the fresh uh, copy. Not um, Hasn't been out too long. It's only been out about two weeks now. And it features five wonderful women here in the Pensacola community that have done some amazing things. We're sharing information about um, about their stories of success, passing on some tips that can help both men and women in learning to be more successful with whatever it is in their occupation that they're doing. And now I'd like to go ahead and introduce our guest, Megan McCarthy. She is the Director of Community Health for Baptist Healthcare. Good morning, Megan. How are you? Good morning. I am well. How are you? I'm doing great. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing at Baptist. I know you had a recent change in title, but I don't think your job actually changed. So share with us what what you do for Baptist. Uh, Well, when I moved here four years ago, it was from San Diego, and my operating vision was to try to make Pensacola the San Diego of the South. And so that has been uh, my mission in the last four years. Now, that does look a little differently um, depending on what I'm doing on that day. So um, at Baptist, we try to take uh, great care of our team members and their families so that they can take great care of our patients and our guests in the hospital. And then we also work with making our community healthier because really what um, our hospital can do and all of our hospitals, all of our healthcare systems, they can only react to what walks in the door. So they're going to be there for us and they're going to take great care of us. But if we can be healthier on a daily basis, and that looks like, you know, not using nicotine and being at a healthy weight and managing our stress and having 
a great support system around us. Mm -hmm. And if life throws us a curveball and you need to come into the hospital, you know, you're going to be in a much better place to recover quickly. Um, The whole um, experience is going to go a lot better. So that's what I try to do is try to keep people out of the hospital. And when they do need the hospital to make sure that they're coming in um, as uh, the healthiest version of themselves. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting when you talk about that, Megan, because health is so relevant to everything else we do in our life, right? Absolutely. If you're not healthy, how can you expect to be successful financially? If you're not healthy, how can you expect to be successful spiritually? So it really does, it it gets into every aspect of our, of our life. It does. It, It absolutely is fundamental. And we don't, we don't practice it uh, enough of really what, um, you know, what we do for ourselves and for our health on a daily basis. And what we do every day is far more powerful than what we do every once in a while. So sometimes, you know, we'll be attracted to saying, okay, I'm going to set a goal for next month and I'm going to run a 5k. Well, you know, or, or a marathon or something like that. But really what would be better is to go for a walk for a mile, um, every other day. Mm-hmm. And do things that um, that can contribute to our long term health. I mean, it is you know the life is is the long game, and and mm-hmm. one of the things we look at in our county, comparing ourselves to the state or to the country, is you know how long are we living, and and are we living well, and and what are those um, the quality of life uh, as well. So there's a lot of pieces in health, and different people define it differently, but. Uh, I'm a big advocate, as you know, for self-care. Mm-hmm. And um, I talk a lot about how Pensacolians are some of the most generous people in the whole world. And uh, we are generous with our time and our energy and our faith in people. But I would love to see that same generosity applied to for people to apply it to themselves and to be generous, as generous to themselves as they are to others so that they could um, be be that force in the communities and their families and their neighborhoods. But without that self-care, without being generous to yourself, it's it's not sustainable. Absolutely. I agree. And actually, Megan did write an article for one of our first editions of the magazine. I can't remember if it was edition one or edition two, but it was early on. And you shared an article about self-care. So since we're on that subject, what are maybe three things that women or women and men can do on a daily basis to really make sure that they're taking care of themselves? Is it, you know, always, you know, taking the long bath or, you know, um, you know, getting a manicure or is it, is it really just more basic than that? Um, well, I'm a big fan of, of the bath time um, because I think sleep is, is really under underestimated and underrated and how important it is to that total health. But just like with kids, my overall philosophy is that we're all big versions of our little selves. So, you know, Mm -hmm. we think about, um, kids and, and when we, when they go to bed, they have bath time, you know, they have the drink of water, the teeth brushing. There's a whole ritual. There's a bedtime Mm -hmm. ritual that starts probably an hour before you actually want the child to be asleep. And I think that adults should do the same thing. So we know that we have so much technology now and the blue, um, light, the wavelengths of those lights, um, really do impair our melatonin and some other factors of sleep. So an hour before you want to be in bed, you want to start that sleep ritual. Now that can be a phone call to your mom somewhere that can be that hot bath or that hot shower. It can be a prayer. It can be a walk, but really getting away from technology and trying to get, get the sleep in. But, you know, in general, what, what those factors all contribute to really managing our stress. And we look at how stress plays a role in, in everyone's lives. And you can have a very, very stressful job that when you think about stress on a scale from one to 10. And in hospitals, we're very comfortable with the pain scale. So if you've ever Mm -hmm. been in the hospital or had a loved one, 
you'll hear a nurse say, oh, yeah, they always ask you that. What's your pain level? Yeah. And they have mm-hmm. a scale of one to 10. Sometimes there's a, a chart with faces and things like that. And they want you to say your self-perceived level of pain and it helps us take care of you. Well, I challenge people to also um, ask themselves, what is their self-perceived stress level? That scale to one to 10. So let's say we have a really stressful work day and it's just the nature of, of life. We're going to, we're not trying to eliminate stress altogether. That is, is not the goal. Sure. Um, you know, and you can say, okay, I was at nine for half of my day today. Where we're seeing a lot of health improvements is that if individuals can get themselves below a three at some point every day, So, you know, that may be starting your day centered and then your day can go sideways on you Mm -hmm. or ending the day or maybe it's that midday break and different people get themselves below that three in a lot of different ways. So again, for some people that's exercise, for some people that's prayer, for some people it's that phone call to a girlfriend or, you know, walking the dog. I mean, there are so many different ways, but you really have to hardwire it into your day so that a week doesn't go by and you realize you've been hovering between a six and a nine, well, then we're going to see your blood pressure taking, you know, a really big hit for that. And so you yeah. have to or your, factor. Or your family yes. gets the brunt of it. Your family takes the brunt of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, so I would think really, you know, being really, really mindful about stress, keep a log. I love to chart things. I love data, you know, look at that scale to one to 10, be mindful of it. Don't try to, you know, just, um, you know, drive through your weekend, your week at a nine and then say, I'll relax this weekend mm-hmm. because when it doesn't happen, we're really seeing that that chronic stress is, is, is really tough and that will impair sleep that, um, you know, uh, causes a lot of challenges for managing your weight um, and just being happy and healthy all the way around. Yeah, those are great tips. What would you tell somebody like me? I have a hard time understanding the difference between stress and adrenaline. And for me, I'm definitely an adrenaline junkie. Other people would look at my life and say, oh, it's a ton of stress. But I even walk into situations that that I would expect to be stressed. And and I love it because it's that it's that energy and it's and it's the and it's the the desire to do something that I have absolutely no idea if I can really do or not. And then really see how I how I came out of that. So is that stress? When other people look at it and say that's stress, but to me, I don't feel like it's stress. That's actually a great description of stress because we have a very negative connotation of what stress is, but stress is great. I mean, you know, a stress level of zero would be asleep and we don't want to sleep through our whole lives. Right. No, I would be bored to tears. Yeah. And so, (laughs) and just that you have a healthy reference point of stress and what you like about it and the, and those things. So I think that if you understanding that is the key to that, some people understand that they that does not bring out the best in them or that really drains them. And it, it comes along some of that extroverted introverted lines. But really, you want to keep track of your body's response to that. So you may love it and, and you feel feel like you um, thrive on it and you and you may. Are you able to sleep at night or does it keep you up so that when, okay. if you're you know, if you're working on something so intensely that is you're passionate about and you're thriving on at two in the morning and then you can't fall asleep and, and then maybe you know, the next morning at 7am, you're not quite so uh, energetic. Mm -hmm. So I just want to ask people to think, look at um, and think about how it's affecting their body. So are they, are they able to sleep? Are they able to kind of, are they, do they feel like they're in control of kind of, of that intensity and that stress? And do they have the hardwired times in to de-stress? So someone like you, I'd say, Hey, have you ever taken a yoga class? Have you, you know, think about those things where really you're almost forced for an hour to try not to think, to, right. to control your breathing and things like that. And, and, um, you know, and even just when we're at a desk or at any sort of work environment, 
a lot of times our intensity is almost like a tightening, a squeezing from sure. our, our hips and our shoulders. Mm-hmm. And we're not even taking deep breaths and that mm-hmm. can cause headaches and things mm-hmm. like that. And so, you know, remaining open while you're uh, on that level 10 or, or in that, in that work mode, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's finding the balance like anything else in life. Well, and it almost sounds like too, Megan, that it's about really knowing yourself and knowing, knowing what you can handle and what maybe is kind of heading on the other path where it's going to become destructive. Absolutely. And it's a key to so many other areas of success in life is really knowing your own strengths and weaknesses. I like, you know, staying ahead of the game. So if you can look ahead and say, I have this really wonderful but stressful event on Friday, what should I be doing on Monday Mm. to really, you know, stack the deck for yourself to say, okay, well, I know that I'm not gonna be able to sleep Thursday night because I'm going to be so excited or I might be, you know, on last minute deadline for Mm -hmm. these, these pieces you know, let's start thinking about that on Monday and, and then letting those around, you know. And so what I love about the stress sale is I use it with my, um, my team members. So, you know, I, they may come in on a Monday. I have no idea what they did over the weekend. If they were recharging, if they're coming in or if they might be the opposite, they may be coming in drained and I'll say, you know, what's that stress level like today? And if I've got someone on a seven, I'm probably not going to pile a huge new project on them. I'm going to say, okay, what do we need to do to get you to a six? so that we can, we can plan in this, this, a new project in this week or things like that. And it's great with, with family and friends and, and, and knowing where they're at helps a lot in that, that communication. So you can say, Hey, I'm going to have a stressful week. This is what you can do to support me. And that's really important that we ask that of our partners and our leaders, um, that communication, it's not a admitting weakness at all. It's actually a strength to say, I know myself and I know that, that this is what, this is what this week is going to look like and the effect it's going to have on me. And so I have, this is how we can work together to get the best outcome. Well, and I love that you kind of turn it around and you ask other people that too, because sometimes you're absolutely right. I mean, running Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast, we have an all-volunteer staff. We don't, you know, we don't have the ability to pay anybody. So I'm constantly dumping new things on people's shoulders. And you're right. A lot of times I haven't taken the opportunity to say, hey, where are you at right now? Can you really handle more? Um, Or are you, is this your, you know, is this your max level? And, um, And sometimes people don't, understand that about themselves. So I love that. I think I'm going to incorporate asking other people where they're at before I, you know, ask them to do something else that maybe they're already at a 10 and, and think, that's the worst time. Or if they're at a zero, well, then great. I can probably load on a few more other things. Exactly. It's tremendously helpful. We actually have a really great uh, chart and it has just uh, a few words under each number to give you a frame of reference. Like a 10 is like on top of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, um, and it's, it's cute and friendly and we have it in bookmarks, forms and things like that. And I'd love to share it with you and any of your readers oh, or things awesome. like that. It's just a great tool. And it is, I like having those artifacts or those reminders that are handy to remind you to do that. And again, this can be an internal check that you put in your journal or you put on your, your work calendar of where you're at give yourself an average score for the day or things like that. And it's, it's amazing to look back and you see the trends and you realize, wow, my Tuesdays are ferocious. And then you think build in, well, I need to make sure that that's the day I build in that yoga class. Or maybe I actually move something out of that day to another day to create that balance. What you've never realized, that's the day where I don't eat well because I always Mm -hmm. skip lunch and then I'm starving at dinner. And and that adds up. I mean, when we look back at a year, those 50 or so weeks, if we can make those small changes, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what really helps us in the aging game because we're Mm -hmm. all trying to age well. So it doesn't matter if you're 20 turning 30, if you're 70 turning 80, those are the things that over time, really powerful. Absolutely. And I love, that reminds me of a book that I love that's called The Slight Edge. 
And The Slight Edge is by Jeff Olson. It's a phenomenal book, but it, and it's a very basic principle about just doing something a little bit more. It's about building on that momentum. And, you know, if it is something, you know, but and it works on the negative side. If you eat a candy bar every single day, you're going to gain weight. If you eat a candy bar once a month, chances are it's probably going to have little impact on your on your total health. But it works with everything else. Like you're talking about with stress, if you're overloading yourself on a daily basis for two weeks straight, well, then chances are week three, you're probably going to hit that wall yep. and, and fall out. Sick. You get right. sick and you have a week of recovery. And then at that month, at the end, you are way behind where you wanted to be. Yeah. And hindsight's always twenty twenty, but I don't think people look at it from the forward perspective. And that's exactly what you're talking about is being more proactive in knowing when these things are coming at you. And knowing, okay, yeah, I'm going to need to work in some downtime after these really strong. Because like you said, we sometimes we just can't, you know, there's no eliminating stress. But but what can we work into our calendars that would make us make us recover better and make a, and give us permission to relax a little bit? And, and I'm guilty of that. I don't know that I ever really give myself permission. I get through one obstacle and then I'm ready to jump into the next one. And I really didn't even take time to recover. Right. Um, and then sometimes it doesn't work so well. So I look back and I go, well, you know, yeah, maybe I should have taken a little bit of a break. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And and those are things you learn through life. And I think those are, um, but they are, they're, once you have a good routine done, it's really about routines and habits. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's not the sexiest answer to being successful, but know. you know, the, the daily basis is, is really important. It's true. It's that, it's that having that foundation and that structure and, and knowing when you're outside of those boundaries to say, okay, I'm okay to be outside those boundaries or other times to say, no, it's not okay to be outside those boundaries. If you're willing to share this tool for gauging uh, stress, then that's something we can upload in addition to this podcast. I would love that. I want people to use it everywhere. I would love that, that would to be, be cool. a conversation you can have at the grocery store and at the bank and Absolutely. all those things. Well, we'll we'll start that we'll start that movement right. here today and um, get that uploaded because I'm excited about it. I want to see that tool. Um, but now, and I could talk to you all day. I think Megan about all this stuff. But let's talk more about some of these um, concepts that we wanted to talk about with women in leadership. Um, another role that you do um, carry on is you're heavily impact, um, heavily involved with Junior League. Yes. And you recently transitioned out of the role as president. Mm. So congratulations Thank you. on Thank that. You. <laughs> but tell us with Junior League, I know that that's an area that you do mentor a lot of women. So tell us how that works and, and, and what other people might be able to, to utilize through that as well. One of the things that I love about the Junior League is that um, it is incredibly diverse. You um, are is surrounded by women who have uh, a wide spectrum of careers and backgrounds and everybody is there different ages is one of the best parts because we'll be we have members just across the board and so in that being able to surround yourself with all these different people you have a great a really natural way to have conversations you know, learn people's different strategies. And, and it's great because we're all volunteering and, and there's a, a positive an- outcome that's affecting our whole communities. But it really is one of those strong women organizations. And, um, you know, we talk a lot about mentoring across the board, um, you know, in business and in education. And and you can have, you know, a really great mentor. Sometimes you need a couple in different areas in your life. Mm-hmm. But I always encourage people to try to add on a layer to that of what what I call sponsorship, and it's I've heard the term used frequently, is 
I may not have the time to mentor someone and meet with them weekly or monthly and really dedicate um, a lot of time to them specifically, but I can be a sponsor for them. So I can say, um, keep me updated on everything that's going on in your life so that I can brag about you, that when um, I can volunteer you for things, I can suggest your name um, to serve in other ways and help develop you. And and I'm always willing to do that. And I encourage other women to do that too, because I know a lot of strong women who want to, they'd love to mentor a hundred women, mm-hmm. but they're probably not going to be able to do that reasonably and, and, and really dedicate their time to that. So you know, having a mentor, but then also looking for sponsorships. And so for, for individuals out there, don't be afraid to ask for that and say, I know you're very busy, but I'd like, I'd like to get to know you well enough that you could, um, you could help me, um, look for opportunities or you could help me to other people that might be able to mentor me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why and Pensacola is phenomenal for that because people are so willing to send that letter of an email of introduction or say, come to this event. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know who, but I know I will see someone there and I will right. think, you need to meet Colleen. Let me just introduce you. And that dom, those dominoes are incredible. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think, and it's interesting for you to, for you to mention that about mentoring, because I think we've seen that mentoring's changed over the years and it used to be that traditional model. And it also used to be that we worked in, you know, a traditional corporate environment where you were sitting next to somebody all day long and that maybe you had the time to, to spend an hour with that person and, and learn and, and grow and ask them questions. But today's women at least the high up executive women, they are not sitting still for very long that I can tell. They're jetting all over the place. They are back and forth. They are way involved in a lot of different things. And so that amount of time, I think, has been diminished over the years. It has. And, and, and you know, and that's a sign of a busy woman who's getting things done. Right. <laughs> so, right. you know, that's probably not going to change. So right. how do we how do we make that, you know, build in those layers? Mm-hmm. And, and that really ends up being, you know, more a more supportive woman in our community. Absolutely. I think that's wonderful. I think that's great. What about on a daily basis when it comes to success? Um, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you is what do you do daily that really helps you keep focused on success? Because as you talked about with stress, you can't ignore it for too long. So I believe it's the same way about the positive things in our life, like success. So what do you focus on daily that really leads you towards success? You know, one of my tricks that I, I really love, and it is so low tech that it, it's crazy uh, because a lot of people, you know, with apps and different tools and things like that. And certainly I use uh, a lot of those. But sometimes what what is a barrier to me in, in ma- managing my stress is I'll set my priorities and I'll get my top things done and those are moving forward. But it's the little things that eat at me, the, the number 72 on the list that didn't get done last week sure. and, and holds over and where, how do I reprioritize that and those things. And so one of the things I've started doing in the last couple of years is with my phone, I will uh, take a picture of something that I need to do. It's not in that top priority list, but I want it to get done. So it may be I take a picture of you that I'm like, I want to send Colleen a birthday card or a thank mm-hmm. you note and mm-hmm. doesn't need to get done right this second. Um, but it's one of those things I want to get done uh, when I get a chance to, or if I see something, uh, you know, in the community or around my home, anything and it, and the visual cue, I don't have to even write myself a note because I think you can have death by the stick it note everywhere oh, and, yes. and doesn't need to be logged into my database. And so, and then at night, I'll go through my phone and when I look at those pictures, I see the picture of Colleen and I did send you that thank you note today. I delete the picture because I did it. And so, and then the pictures that I didn't get to stay on my phone. So when I, you know, and I do have that free time, I've got 30 minutes and I go through my pictures. What, what things can I get done out of this list? Um, and then sometimes, a uh, in the next month I'll look back at a picture and say, I decided I didn't want to do that or that's no longer a priority. Sure. But the visuals are somehow softer to me. It isn't this, this, 
to-do list that breathes, breathes down my neck. They're, right. they're visual cues. They, when I see your picture, I think, oh, that's, I really want to send Colleen that thing, you know, because exactly. I'm thinking of her mm-hmm. and I see your face rather than this, you know, that kind of said, we're trying to be kind to ourselves and generous with our time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to it. And, and I'll look forward to doing it. But that's just really helped me that I don't stress about those things I can't get to during the day. I'm like, it's saved in my phone in a mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. that I can, I can uh, go through later. I absolutely love that. I think that's really cool. I might start incorporating that as well. You know, this is part of the reason that we do these types of shows and I do all these interviews. It's not necessarily, it is for everybody else, but a lot of it I bring back for myself and help me because that's a great way of doing it. You know, and for me, what that means is that it puts more, it puts some real emotion into whatever it is that you're wanting to do. On a to-do list, there's no emotion. So um, having that visual clue you know, and it, and it probably makes you feel like, okay, you know, yeah, I'm stressed and it's nine o'clock at night and I really, you know, I'm watching TV with my husband or family, but this brings me joy as well. That's the perfect word. It is. It brings the joy back because even if I, again, I use the thank you note example, even if I see your picture, I didn't get it done today. I still smile at your picture. I think, oh, that was so fun. And I remember doing that and, and I'm going to get to it, but it does. It, it just adds in that piece of joy that takes away, mm-hmm. that is the joy that fights the stress. <laughs> right, right. And it, and it does. It makes you, and it's, and it's also a sense of accomplishment because then you really probably, you don't put things in there that you really don't have joy for. You know, if it's something that's more of a menial task, I'm not picturing you're taking a picture of it nope. and going, I can't wait to do this later when I'm, you know, when I'm, when I'm needing some of that recharge time. Exactly. Yeah. So that's really cool. I like that. And I do something I'll share with you. What I do is um, I have my to-do list. I always fold them in quarters. Hmm. And so I fold the piece of paper in half and then I fold it um, lengthwise in half as well. So that there's four quarters. And the reason I do that, it's from Stephen Covey. And Stephen Covey does these, uh, the four um, quadrants of efficiency with tasks. And it's, it's all about what's urgent and what's most important goes in the top left corner. Now I've, I've rearranged his boxes because for me visually, I'm going to get done what's on the top left of my to-do list before I'm going to get done what's at the bottom left of my to-do list, you know, that, that, you know, works vertically through the list. And then what I'll put is across the top right, it will be urgent, but not necessarily important. And then on the bottom left, it'll be that, you know, um, um, important but not urgent and then i can't remember now i've lost track track of my boxes but then the bottom right is not urgent and not important and so literally if it's in the bottom right of my to-do list i may or may not ever get it done and if i can focus just on that top quarter of the left hand side then i know i'm getting i'm hitting those priorities um but but in yours i love that because in my to-do list there's no thing that says this make this brings me joy right you know, there's none of those boxes or anything about joy. And there are a lot of things on my to-do list daily that bring me joy. And I love that you mentioned thank you notes because that is something that I do. And it makes me, it's, it almost makes me a little giddy when I write them because I never know if the people receiving them are going to be as excited about receiving them. But it, but it's definitely something that, that helps me emotionally feel really good about whatever it is that I'm doing. And it's almost thanking them gets that out of me. And then when they receive it, if they send me something back to thank me for thanking them, then it's like, wow, that joy is just compounded a million times on top of itself. Yeah, it is. And it's a lost art. I mean, you know, we, 
Um, and, and I think there's a lot of those practices about, you know, being grateful and gratitude and all of those things. And, mm-hmm. and that's just good for the universe. <laughs> it really is. It really is more of that positive that we can do. And that is one thing, you know, when I, when I talk about personal habits of success, one thing and completely honest, you know, I'm a, I'm an open book. Um, I deal with some negative head trash. So everyone um, does. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Um, but having those those uh, daily inspirations and and remembering the things that are on the positive side that are not I mean they are tasks but they're not traditional tax task oriented type of activities mm-hmm. um, that does you know help me I know personally so do you have some other things that you do um, mantra wise or quote wise or motivation wise that help you focus on success too? They really change actually. And I think that's good because the same mantra I had a year ago should not be the mantra I have today. Mm-hmm. Um, although one that, that I think kind of speaks to that, that is the universal that really, really got drilled into my head when I was training for a marathon a couple years ago and it was run the mile you're in. So I think with planners and long-term strategy and you're thinking at so many levels so fast that are, you know, six months ahead, six years ahead, 60 years ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love the mindset of, of, of run the mile you're in. And, and obviously it's not about running. It's about, you know, living in the moment and doing those sure. things. So I just ask myself, what mile am I in? What mile am I in right now? And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that helps Kate, it gets, gets me centered on those priorities of right mm-hmm. now. Um, to balance against the longer ones. So, mm-hmm. you know, I love now with a social media, whether it's Facebook and, and, um, or Pinterest or those things that you're seeing these quotes that speak to other people and you just yeah. find one that for whatever reason calls to you, it connected you that day. And, you know, I find some way to put it in my line of sight, mm-hmm. wherever it needs to be, um, you know, a note in my shoe or, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. at work or in the mm-hmm. car and, and then, and, and that may change and move on to something else. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think we're, we're seeing a lot more of those, uh, than we ever used to because of our technology. Absolutely. And I agree. And that is one thing that when I see them, I save them on my phone. So when I can, when I, and I save them as a picture, cause they all come up as, you know, as these memes or pictures with the quote on it. And so I will go back at night later looking at those quotes, especially when I'm having a bad day, you know, when I just really feel like the universe is weighing down on me and this happened and that happened and, oh, you know, my outlook is horrible. I'll pull up my phone and I'll look through those motivational quotes. And I realize, you know, there are so many more people that deal with way more than I ever have to deal with. Um, My life is, is very, I think, very, you know, minimal compared to people that, you know, that are facing a, a, you know, a, 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 a terminal illness, you know, somebody that, that, you know, is taking care of special needs children. I mean, there are so many other things that um, people have to deal with. So it does, it does ground me and it does make me, you know, realize, okay, I can handle this. I can, you know, move forward from this. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting to hear that, that you express the same thing as well. Well, I think we're all connected I and mean, we have more alike than we don't. Everybody has a different set of challenges. Everybody's path is different, but you know, I think strength is, is contagious. And I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, part of surrounding yourself with people that are positive and support you and that they're strong and they, you know, doesn't have to be a comparison, but to see someone else be strong and confident, it makes you, it makes you want to be strong and confident and it, it inspires you to, to mm-hmm. do that. And so I think, you know, that's our, the perfect world here is we look around and you, we see all these women doing incredible things and, you know, we're high-fiving and cheering other women on and saying, Hey, that's, that, that's not necessarily my, my fight or my, um, you know, my, my passion, but 
but to see someone, you know, thriving like that, I, I think is, again, we keep going, keep, keep using the word powerful, but that's what the powerful women of the Gulf Coast is about. Mm-hmm. And, and I, that's what I love to see in those, in, in our environment here. Absolutely. And you shared your, your favorite run the mile you're in. Mm-hmm. I like that. So mine um, that I've, that I, it's, it has been one that I've had over the past years that kind of comes back every once in a while. And that one that I love is called why choose mediocre when excellence is an option. And that one really grounds me because I do sometimes, you know, think, am I doing this just because it's easy and I can do it at a mediocre level or am I doing it at a really, really excellent level? Uh, That's a pretty powerful one. (laughs) Yeah, that's a powerful one. That's the one that's motivating me lately. Yeah. Um, What about challenges? You know, we've talked about success and we've talked about great things that are going on. But what about what do you do when things challenge you? Do they challenge you on a daily basis? Every time I see you're always a ray of sunshine and and you've got, you know, everything under control. But I'm assuming that that's not always the case. Well, I think we all have challenges, just like stress. Getting rid of challenges is not the goal. And so reframing it as absolutely, I take on the biggest challenges I can find because that's where I find the biggest opportunities to make a difference. So mm-hmm. to me, a challenge is awesome. I mean, that, that, that's what appeals to me. And that's part of, uh, part of how I'm, how I'm wired. But, um, I think, you know, there is, uh, there is a inherent challenge in trying to be a one woman army. And I think that, that, uh, I think a lot of people struggle with, um, of what I can get done and I can do it well and how much I can cram in a day and to really at a fundamental level, understand that you can get so much more done when you're collaborating. And, so the, you know, uh, efficiency and the timing and those things sometimes have to come secondary to, to working together and to, you know, those are all about connections and all those things. And, um, a good friend last night said something that I thought was almost poetic that I, that I, again, as those mantras go on is there's a big difference that going from composing to conducting. Mm. And I love that. And like, cause of the sympathy metaphor, the mm-hmm. symphony and all those things, but basically, you know, we can compose our individual greatness and what we're doing and, and that scope. But when we get to a point where we can conduct all like a, a whole sea of instruments that are all playing together, then you have, have something entirely different. So I think, I think that it, to me, I try to remind myself to not be a one woman army. Yeah. Who else, who else cares about this? Who else can I work together with? Um, it's going to make me better. It's going to make them better. It's our outcome is better. And, um, and that one woman army can be really lonely, a really, really lonely place. And that to me is, is kind of, um, a big fear. You know, I don't think that that, that serves anybody well. So when I see one woman on a board or one woman in, 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 in anything, right. You know, I'm proud that that woman is there, mm-hmm. but I'm also, scared for her. Oh yeah. <laughs> and oh, that's yeah. why it's not just about breaking a glass ceiling. It's mm-hmm. about it being, you know, it, 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 not that, not that anybody is the first it's that, you know, you are, are part of a, an army inherently should be a much larger force, not just this one person. I, and, and I agree. And that's interesting. One of the quotes that I go back to is that, um, that, um, it was somebody told me a long time ago, I can do anything. I can't do everything. And, and, and I look at that, I think sometimes those one, one woman armies, that's how they get stuck like that because they can physically do everything possible, but that doesn't mean that they should do everything themselves. And, um, I want to talk now about, um, something else that you do that does help bring women together. And I have a personal, um, um, I don't know what you call it, like a theory 
about it's called the um, the law of evenness. Um, I made it up a long time ago, or I probably took it from somebody. So if there's somebody out there that knows where this came from, I would love to figure it out. I've Googled it a million times and can't connect. And maybe I did come up with it myself. I have no idea. But basically, it says that women play on an even field. And that when one woman rises above, there's only two different things that could happen. Either that mass of other women will pull her back down to their level, or that one woman will pull everybody else up to that higher level. Um, I think that women, whereas I think men do function a little differently, they do function in much more of a hierarchy. And I don't know, you know, I've got lots of theories as to where that comes from. Maybe it's sports growing up or, you know, some of the gender roles that we play. But I think that men are fine in a hierarchical, if that's even a word, if that type of structure. I think they're okay knowing that there's somebody above them, there's somebody below them, and that they can continue to climb up that up that ladder but women tend to that tends to be more difficult for women at least the women that i've run into and and a lot of the women that i've interviewed so it ends up being this more law of evenness where they they are all on about the same level and you can have multiple levels but you know there's going to be a group of them they're all on one level you bring everybody up with you Absolutely. You bring everybody up with you, or if you're not careful, then they will bring you back down to that other level. Well, if that's not in Cheryl Sandberg's book, it should be. You should call her and, and have her put that in LinkedIn, too, because <laughs> that's a lot of what we, we talk about. Yeah. Um, it's just being stronger, stronger together. And so yeah. that's one of the other things that I think is really um, needed in Pensacola. And, and we've had a great response to that and those mm-hmm. events. And yeah, y'all have done a phenomenal job. I've been to the first two events and I'm not sure if I can make this next one. But um, but tell us more about what you're doing with that, what you've learned, because you're in your own lean in circle yep. as well. And yep. what you're what you're trying to I know you stood on stage um, last time and and put, a, you know, rallied, rallied the troops and tried to get them encouraged. So tell us about that. A little I, bit of that mission. I have a great LinkedIn circle. LinkedIn comes from the book by uh, Cheryl Sandberg. She's the COO of uh, Facebook. And, um, you know, the book is great. There's also a TED Talk. There's, there's you know, mm-hmm. some basic fundamental pr- principles. But really, it's small circles of women. So really between 10 and 12 that support each other. Some are by industry. Some are by um, different categories. Some are random. Um, and, and again, it fights that loneliness. It fights that one-woman army. It's a, a connective, supportive group. And we... Um, there was a group of, of uh, four, four other women and myself who we have different circles, but a lot of people were coming and asking to join our circles and our circles were already too big. So we came to dinner and said, let's have a workshop and we'll help other people form circles. And we thought we might get 50 people. And we ended up getting, I remember that. <laughs> they're getting 500. We, you can still get there. <laughs> and so, um, and that's what we said is let's, uh, you know, there's clearly a need and an interest here and let's build it and help support it. And so this next event is on September 20th and it's leaned in together. Together. So this is where we bring the men into the conversation. Mm-hmm. And it really focuses on three main roles. Um, one being a 50-50 partner. And I know you have a great partner. I have a great partner. Mm-hmm. You know how key that is and what that looks like and mm-hmm. um, and, and how you create that situation, uh, whoever your partner or her partner is to support you in these things. Being an all-star dad, which I know um, a lot of individuals that their mindset on women in business has changed when they had a daughter mm-hmm. and uh, our granddaughter or all those things. So um, so certainly that piece and then being just a general work MVP. So, you know, whether you work in an industry that's all women, if you work in an industry that's all it's male, like how do I really set that, um, you know, set the bar for my colleagues and role model it and all those things. So I'm really excited about this next, um, exploration. You can, um, we can help you start a circle if you, if you want, um, in general, 
it's a great um, it's a great community that's building and growing here in, in Pensacola. And I know you guys have a, a great Facebook page. It's mm-hmm. it's Lean in Pensacola. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think you have a website just for Pensacola, or do they go to the National Cheryl Sandberg website? It's the National. So we okay. have a page there, and there's it's, it's very user-friendly, and you can connect with us. We do want to encourage everyone to register on that National website. Hopefully, one of these days, we'll get Cheryl here. Um, or, hey, and, uh, let's call her out. Let's you know, we have the, the largest Impact 100 in the country. We should have the, we should have the largest Leaned in Pensacola our leaned in circle number of circles, I think, yeah. in the country too. Yeah, and technically, I am part of a circle. I'm in uh, Laura. Uh, I think it's Laura Butler's circle, but mm-hmm. I have yet to make it to a meeting. So that's another one of those. Hey, maybe I need to schedule it when I'm going to, you know, have that. Not have it on the day that I've got 50 other things going on as well. Yes. Um, so that's good. But I think it's very important to have men support. And for a long time, you know, I do run an organization full of women and and sometimes men ask me, you know, where's powerful man of the Gulf Coast? And I laugh because and I look at them honestly and tell them, well, because it's not needed. You know, men have figured out men have figured out how to how to handle success. They've figured out how to how to work together as as high up executives. Women are have are not yet at that point. And we still need some of that structure and, and we still need some of that camaraderie with other women. Um, but we absolutely need the men too. Um, my goal with powerful women is not to bring women up above men. My goal is to bring women equal to where men are in the professional and in the business world. But we absolutely need those male supporters to help as well. Um, and that's exactly what you guys are doing is, is saying, Hey, we, we want to bring the other, the men, um, here as well to, tr- you know, to show the support because it's absolutely needed. There's no, you know, I know you said there's, you know, you can't have a one woman army. Well, you can't, yeah, have a non, you know, male supported army either. Um, it goes hand in hand. At the end of the day, we're all in this together. Absolutely. It's true. It's true. So I applaud you for that. And and people can find information. Would they go to the Facebook page? Would that be the best place to find that? Yes, that's the easiest spot. And then again, the national site, we have, we're pretty easy to find. <laughs> it's, it's, it should be very, very easy to, to connect to. Got it. And I said Laura Butler. It is Laura Griffin oh. that I'm in oh, her yes. circle. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. you know her. She's um, I think they've done a really good job in their circle as well. Yes. So I will try to make it to their next meeting. Good. So hopefully I can share that experience as well. Good, good, good. Um, well, this has been absolutely wonderful, Megan. Always I, a pleasure. I love I love being able to talk about these things and I getting know, to talk about I know we could go on for, for days. Um, did you know today, the day that we're actually recording this, August twenty sixth, is National Women's Equality Day? That is so perfect for our conversation. It really, today. really is. And later you can, I tagged Lean in Pensacola on my post because I posted about it today. Right. Um, and I used a quote from Sheryl Sandberg. So it really says, you know, women have come so far with um, with what they're doing in the in the business world, but yet they're still so far away from, from being equals. Um, so it is very, very interesting that you and I are doing this show on Women's Equality Day. I didn't know until Facebook. Luckily, Facebook reminds me of these odd holidays I never knew existed. Right. Very timely. <laughs> very, very timely. But I have enjoyed this immensely. I know I said at the beginning I would close with some more information about our conference. So for those of you that are interested in coming to the Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast Conference, it is on October 21st right here in Pensacola, Florida. You can go to the website and get more information. It is www.powerfulwomengulfcoast.com. And now I would like to go ahead and go through the list of speakers. And our keynote speaker is coming from New York City. Her name is Robin Hatcher. She is she calls herself a recovering actor. 
Um, she was in the acting world for many, many years. You can see her on a lot of evening dramas and, and um, uh, a lot of walk-on roles. But she's taken what she learned in acting, and she has equated it to interpersonal and group communication. Um, in acting, you have to learn to play a role. And in acting, sometimes your role changes depending on who's in the audience. So she's taken those traits and actually translated them into business communication. So just like business communication, if, if you were to walk into the studio today, Megan, and, and there were 12 other guests, the conversation might be a little bit different. And it's not that you're hiding anything about yourself or that you're being non-true to yourself. It's more about bringing out the strengths that would be most effective in that situation. Um, and so that's what she's going to really talk about is is how to how to put that best best foot forward when it comes to communication, whether you're standing in front of a group of 200 people or whether you're it's one on one um, and whether it's in the business world or it's it's, you know, more on the personal side as well. So we're really excited that the title of her presentation is um, as um, networking is a communication game. So she uses a lot of activities and a lot of, um, you know, um, um, very interactive type of presentation style. So we're very excited to have her. She is our keynote coming in from New York City. And then we also did something called PED Talks. PED stands for Professional and Executive Development. And Megan is actually one of our featured PED Talk speakers. So if you enjoyed hearing what she talked about today, I'm sure your presentation then is going to be completely different but as impactful and as exciting. Um, those are short 15-minute presentations, and we do pick from the local community of successful uh, women, and sometimes we feature men in those um, PED Talks as well. But if you enjoyed some of the information that Megan shared today, then you need to make sure to be at the conference as well because she is she's a bundle of energy, um, so much positivity, and, and always shares some great information just like you did today. I'm looking forward um, to it. Yes, we really appreciate it. Our other speakers, we have Letitia Action Jackson. She is a phenomenal woman that um, that might share a little bit of her personal story, uh, but she's really an advocate for health and wellness as well as Megan is. Um, but she does it from a little bit more of a personal perspective. She runs a, a business called Transformation Health. And so she does one-on-one um, -on -one fitness training with individuals. And she also really works on a lot of the same things that, that Megan does as well, self-care and really making sure that you're you're coming to the table in the best form that you can possibly be. And sometimes that's physical, but sometimes that's mental as well. And equipping ourselves with make, maintaining that we're in the right mindset um, for whatever the world throws at us. Just like Megan said, we can't change what the world's going to throw at us. We can change how we react to it and how we bounce back from it. And then our, our third speaker, I'm very excited, um, is Shaw Liu. Uh, Shaw Liu is the VP, and she is the Chief Financial Officer for Gulf Power. So the highest up in the, in the chain of command for the financial side of running a very large utility in this area, um, she is a very, um, very credited in the women's activities She's new to this community, so I'm very excited to to have her here and listen to her um, to her story as well. So I don't know her subject yet, but I can only imagine it's going to be amazing. And from what I've heard from other people that have heard her speak, she delivers a very uh, very down to earth, very genuine type of presentation. So. Yes. So that is the speaker lineup. And again, if you're interested, you can go to our website to get more information, www.powerfulwomengulfcoast.com. 
And with that, Megan, I want to thank you so much for coming in the studio today. You have shared an amazing amount of information. Thank you. It's been fun. Good, good. And we can't wait to hear more from Megan on October 21st. Thank you, everybody. Mm -hmm. 